Hey, how are things? This is Mark here, and welcome to episode 147 of the Clockwork Junkie podcast. As always, thank you for tuning in. Um, I know the podcast is normally out just on a Monday, um, but obviously today is Wednesday. Um, if I have a podcast out every Monday, I have 52 in the year. My goal this year is to at least do 100, so you will find them out every Monday as normal, but you will also find extra podcasts out some week. Um, my guest on the show today is Cara Hurley. Um, Cara is going to be discussing the topic of Lyme disease. Cara has Lyme disease, and in a couple of days' time, she is making a trip to Germany to get treatment over there that she cannot get in Ireland. Um, she's been suffering now for two years. She talks about um, how she got Lyme disease in the first place, how it was diagnosed, um, talks about Lyme disease in Ireland and how many people have it, and the uh, struggles that they constantly face. Um, I thought I knew a bit about Lyme disease. Cara really opened my mind. Um, she talks very honest, very openly about the disease and about the symptoms and effects it has on her and her life. Um, and it's well, well worth a listen. Um, but just before I bring you on to that, um, as you can imagine with the podcast, I get messages all the time and emails from different parts of the world. Um, and I normally keep them to myself, but uh, I have one here. I have to read it out. Um, I'm not sure if it's, um, I'm not sure if it's one of the best emails I got in terms of pumping up the podcast or if it's one of the biggest put downs I ever got. Um, I let you decide and you can tell me. So it's from a gentleman named Zachary and he's in San Francisco, California. Hi, Zachary. Um, and the email goes as follows. It says, dear Mark, he said, my name is Zachary. Congratulations on the success of the Clockwork Junkie podcast. Thank you, Zachary. You're an absolute gentleman. He says, my wife, Izzy, is a big fan of the podcast. And then in brackets, he reads, but I am not. Okay. <laughs> All right. He says, uh, she often listens to 30 minutes of your podcast and then leaves to run some errands. He said, I too listen to those 30 minutes. She says, later on that day, she will listen to the same episode again from the beginning, including the original 30 minutes all the way to the end. She really loves your show but I too have to listen to your show again, the same episode. He said, most people her age, 30, trio, um, would be a fan of the three Hemsworth brothers. But my wife is a huge fan of you. Great taste. Um, I, incidentally, I thought it was only two Hemsworth brothers. There must be three. Maybe I missed something there. I'm not sure. He said, it would make her day if you could wish her a happy 30th birthday. And he said, kindest regards. Zachary, and then in brackets, a disgruntled listener. So thank you, Zachary, for that. I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or what it is. Um, Izzy, happy 30th birthday. Incidentally, you have impeccable taste in men. Um, Irish men are the best, and particularly from Athlone Town, so you really know your stuff. Those Hemsworths, they're not the real thing. Um, I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It's much appreciated. Thank you for the email, Zachary. Um, that's my favorite type of listener, a disgruntled one. Um, look, the podcast's coming up now with Cara. I hope you enjoy it. My name is Mark McCormick, and this is the Clockwork Junkie Podcast.
Hey, Cara, how are things? Hi, Mark. How are you? Not too bad at all. Welcome to the Clockwork Junkie podcast. It's great to have you on. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for ha- asking me. No problem. Well, <clears throat> I asked you because um, I've seen on Facebook you had a GoFundMe um, up. And yeah. I had no New Year's ago. I haven't seen you in about 20 years proper, but I just said, I wonder what's wrong. Is she okay? Mm. And what, what I went to read in your description of why you set up to GoFundMe horrified me. Um, but for, as I said in the intro, guys, this is a podcast about Lyme disease, something that I thought I knew about and realize now that I know fuck all about. Um, so I assume there's a lot of people that's like me. Um, we're going to chat to Cara about it now. We're going to find out uh, the ins and outs about her condition and everything else and why she's going to Germany. Um, so look, and I start off with the obvious silly question. For anyone that doesn't know, what is Lyme disease exactly? It's a bacterial infection that um, you get from a bunch of different bacteria, but the main one is called Borrelia burgdorferi. And there's about 30 strains of that. And then it doesn't travel alone. So you get a bunch of co-infections along with it. And um, basically it just invades your tissues, your your blood, your you know, your blood cells and um, every part of your body. And um, it just uh, takes over and it's it's very frightening. Yeah, so that's what Lyme disease is. And you get it from, there's a myth about you get it from deer ticks um, and the tick has to be, I think the CDC said that the tick has to be stuck to you for 24, 48 hours or something crazy. But um, people I know that have got bitten by ticks got um, Lyme disease within a few minutes of being bitten. Um, the the tick is infected from the deer or whatever animal it lands on that has the disease and uh, then just pukes the bacteria into your, bites you and then pukes the bacteria into your blood. Beautiful. So, um, yeah, but the, that's not, in my case, it was mosquitoes or horse flies because I was in Greece and the place I was staying at was kind of up in, like on a mountain. It was, I, I just got. You were I, on holiday, like? Yeah. Okay. How long ago was this, just as a matter of interest? Midterm break, October 2019, October, November. I flew back this right. November. And the mosquito bit you in Greece while you were there. And uh, while you, yeah. so, but like you, you obviously didn't know at the time you had Lyme disease. Yeah. You didn't know, like, so from my limited knowledge, uh, people say sometimes you come out in a rash that looks like a bullseye and there's loads of pictures online and but then some yeah. people say that that doesn't happen to everyone. What was the case with you? The statistic there, uh, uh, according to my spe- uh, my infectious disease consultant, is uh, less than half. I think it's like 30% of the people remember the tick bite and I get the bullseye rash. So uh, he said to me that it's, it's very possible that my I had that bacteria in my blood since I was a child. And I got bitten by a tick when I was a child and I never knew about it. Mm. And then I was reinfected when I was in Greece and my immune system might have been low. And I just took <laughs> over my whole body and brain and everything. Yeah. So all vectors carry Lyme disease, fleas, horse flies, mosquitoes. It can be you can be bitten by anything and get it. I was surprised, by the way, with that statistic that like under 50 percent of people realize that they've been bit by a tick. But if you're like. How the fuck would you know that? Like, like I, 
used to be in the army, we'd go on the ground on exercises and I'd be going around for maybe three, four or five days and I'd come home and have a shower, look at me and I'd be like a dartboard with all little bites. But I didn't feel any of them. So I'm surprised it's even anywhere near 50% of people know they got bitten by a tick. But um, one bit of research that I did when I knew you were coming on was that, uh, and tell me if this is bollocks, because it, it, may, it may be, I don't know. I'm not yeah. telling you this, I'm asking him, you know. Um, they say that if you get bitten by a tick and if you get Lyme disease and if you're, it's diagnosed really soon, so within two weeks for an example, you can get medication and it's pretty much uh, curable for the most part there and then. Um, like that, a problem that I see with that already is that like if you don't get a rash, which a lot of people don't, like how the fuck do you know you have Lyme disease or how do you even go to get checked? Like surely the majority of the people who have ever gotten it realize that they had it long after two weeks. Is, am I wrong to say this or am I, is that right in any way, shape or form? They realized that they had it long after two weeks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I didn't know anything about Lyme disease. I just came home and was, I was getting chills and I thought I was picking up um, flus and colds in, in work and school when I was teaching. But um, yeah, the, the normally people who are aware that it exists, um, bring their child or whatever to the doctor. You see this all the time on the on the groups. Um, and they need to get a four to six weeks of antibiotics in case the if it was a tick or whatever that and the tick was whether it was infected or not you're just better off uh taking the precaution to, to uh ask a gp for four to six weeks of of doxycycline the 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 first antibiotic that it's treated with um and you need the, the you need four weeks minimum because um i mean there's plenty of doctors here that give you give their uh, kids three weeks but uh, Borrelia the bacteria actually replicates every 28 days so it's very important that you get a minimum of four weeks for it but I yeah like that I came home I didn't wasn't saw no tick or whatever I just it wasn't until April 4th so uh, five months later that I it took over my body I'll never forget in a in a heartbeat because the bacteria travels so fast it's like the speed of an aircraft and it just shot up and i could feel something happen in my head and i couldn't see straight where or anything you? sorry where were you when it happened here in this room i just got up i was it was just after lockdown and i was kind of chilling out it was a saturday night 10 o'clock and i just stood up off the couch and bang it, it just literally hit me out of nowhere and I had been to the doctor a few times. I did my bloods in, in February midterm. Um, the Monday I was like, I don't feel well. I'm having chills all the time. I think I'm after getting, I could have an STI. I didn't even know what was wrong with me. I was, I was just um, thinking something is wrong. I'm, I'm really tired and I just, I just needed all my bloods. Anyway, they were all normal. Of, of course, your bloods are always normal with this. And uh, they couldn't find anything, but they said, you know what, we'll just give you um, an oral, uh, a drink antibiotic for a week, um, just in case you had a UTI or something that was causing the chills. Yeah. There was cultures in my urine and did that. And next thing, that was my midterm break in February. And after I took that antibiotic, I, my whole body just went on fire and 
I, I, I thought, oh my God, I'm after having a terrible allergic reaction to this antibiotic. And I had to take the following week off work. And I told my, my principal at the time that I had an allergic reaction to an antibiotic. But what I didn't know was that I was, my blood was infested with Borrelia and that wasn't a, an actual allergic reaction. That was, that was um, a Herxheimer reaction, which is when you get a, a die off um, of the bacteria and, and you get a worsening of symptoms and you feel like you're gonna die. So. You're five months back from your holiday in Greece. Um, you've been, and you're, you're, this is on, on, on a midterm in school. And yeah. you're still, you still don't know that you have like, when, yeah. when, how long after, we, we call it the bite, but how long after it happened did someone say to you, you have Lyme disease? So I got my, my diagnosis off my GP in the September the following September because um so it hit me in April I went to this specialist that specialist rheumatologists neurologists um what else did I go I went to um oh I can't even remember now it's a, my brain isn't great anyway but yeah did the rounds anyways all of these different professionals yeah, and nobody I find out and I I knew I just saw um Somebody in a fight. Oh, yeah, they misdiagnosed me with fibromyalgia because that's a wastebasket diagnosis and chronic fatigue. And I said to my GP, you know, something's really wrong with me. And she was like, well, we four specialists now. Have were adamant that I had fibromyalgia and I was like, but I know people with fibromyalgia. They're able to work, they're able to walk, they're able to function. I can't. And I didn't know. And I said something really bad. And then I was on a fibromyalgia forum and one girl just put up a, a, a YouTube video with this infectious disease consultant in the um, in the Oryctus in um, about a debate about Lyme disease. And I just was listening to one of the patients and I just thought that sounds it sounds like me. And I just thought, what if, you know, I have savings now. I'm going to, what if I don't have them in two years? I'm going to, and I, and I don't rule this out. And I got a nurse friend of mine to take my blood and I got a couriered off to Germany and it cost what was a four foot around 600 euro to get, um, you get it. It's called the Tickbex plus, which is a, uh, like you do seven vials and they test for all of the co-infections of Lyme and viruses and whatnot. And uh, so they, within a week, I had the, the result and that was the August 2020. And um, I phoned up my GP, I, I emailed him in the result and he was like, my God. He said, I'm really, he's, he's, he's a lovely, lovely doctor. And he said, um, he, he said, I'm really sorry that I don't have ac access to such um, labs and tests. But in my mind, you have Lyme disease. Uh, that is, you're positive for Borrelia burgdorferi. And so there it was. And he had done two tests already yeah. of what he was able to access, the Irish tests, which is uh, called the Ellie spot. And the other one is the Elisa blot. The, the two tests that are used for Lyme disease in Europe. And they are less than 30 to 50% accurate, according to my infectious disease consultant. And um, he says the diagnostics haven't been updated since 2006. 
so um so anyway that's how i i ended oh. up with my diagnosis and my gp then fast forward me to uh the infectious disease consultant in dublin who could do something about it but he started me off on antibiotics immediately um just to get me uh, i suppose a head start because there was going to be a waiting list for for dr lambert the infectious disease consultant so that got me to him in september 2020 so i was like 11 months since the bite before i got treatment yeah like it's not that like um like obviously look i i don't want to hear the name of your doctor but like it's it's not like they're um that he didn't want to help us, that he didn't have the facilities to do the tests to find out what was wrong. No. Um, so what was, and look, you can broadly talk as well, but what was your symptoms? So you, you mentioned chronic fatigue, but like what would an, an average day or week look like for you in around this time? Well, at the time, my symptoms were different mostly because i had no treatment but um now i'm i never wake up refreshed i have the feeling of these it's it's a weird symptom but it feels like i've lines going through like scrapes going through my body like my legs and my the bottom of my feet which is a a symptom of bartonella i have my eyesight comes and goes sometimes and i know that that's the the parasite babesia because since that flared up i've got that but initially my symptoms i was sweating so much i mean i could morning noon and night i had to change my clothes i couldn't see properly whatever way the bacteria affected my op- optic nerves um everything looked like it was on a slope and it was very kind of oh i had no i, I forgot about this symptom but because my my brain was affected, I had no awareness of proprioception, as in I couldn't feel. Now, this is really weird and really sort of trippy, but I couldn't feel anything, my, my body's uh, sense in space. So, for example, if I was lying, you know the way if you're lying down flat on a bed or a couch, I couldn't feel the bed flat under me. All I could feel was like I was lying on the stairs and everything was crooked. It was so it was so strange. Um, that was one of the most hard and this awful sense of gravity all the time. Like I could be sitting here and I could feel a constant sense of being sucked back into the sofa. And it was like a horrible gravity feeling that was there all the time. But thank God, within a few months, doctor, my doc might specialist treated um, me with the he said two your your antibiotics are for your brain and so all those symptoms went and as the year went on I think symptoms have changed now but I still have the feeling of lines going through my body my head my head isn't um Cognitively, I can't remember. I'm walking around in circles all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. My short-term memory is terrible. And that's, you know, I was I always had such a good memory. So it's kind of it's frightening a bit. Um the pain, yeah. I just have so much pain. I could I wake up every morning and I'm shaking kind of. I don't know why my body does this, but I'm I'm it's like I'm flickering. My body is flickering. And I have um it's 
like it's burning and especially on my back it's horrible but um anyway I, I don't understand much about the parasites but my herbalist who I work with tells me that it's parasites and she's trying to treat for that but it's really really tough um I mean every time I try and do the the, the herbs it makes me so sick and they react so strongly and I just I, I hurt which is I get a lot worse so I'm trying to I'm trying to I suppose work at it every day of you know get the balance of getting too making myself too sick to treat it and kill it yeah and being able to function so um yeah it's a full-time full job mark um it's it's, it's a full-time job just to survive just to go day to day just to be able to fucking sit up to have the energy to make a cup of tea to yeah. So look, why you're going to Germany, um, and I'll get into that in a minute, okay? But just be, you're going to Germany because you can't get the treatment that you want here in Ireland. You said something to me. I, I reached out to Carrot yesterday when I seen the GoFundMe, and, uh, I wanted to see could I help by having her on the podcast, and we just got talking a small bit about Lyme's disease, which I thought I knew about and realised I knew fuck all. But um, first of all, there's about 3,000 people in Ireland that have it, you were telling me. Yeah. Um, but it's not, um, all, although people can get Lyme disease, according to the HSE, you were saying that it's not, they don't recognise long-term um, chronic Lyme disease, as in there's uh, some people or some sectors within the medicine there's so there's some people within the medicine sector that would say that you don't have it that it's in your mind, but there's mm. not to you. They're saying that to three hundred three thousand people. Uh, yeah. Like I don't know how we can get there as a as as a world as a community. Um, do they think there's three thousand people pretending that they're fucking um uh that they're exhausted twenty four seven? What what do they think? What did what do they tell you that they think is wrong with you? Uh, because it's so controversial, there's um, a small number, I suppose. I've, I've, I'm a very lucky patient because I haven't been gaslighted or, or anything as much as some of my friends um, that have it. But um, yeah, like uh, I went to a neurologist a couple of weeks ago because I wanted a, a, a formal diagnosis and they're the only ones that can do it. And he, he kind of just said to me, look, you know, the, the guidelines is the CDC um, say the chronic line doesn't exist. And um, he was kind of really um, dismissive about it. Mm. And then his senior neurologist just said, look, we're brain doctors. We can't really help you to stick with your infectious disease doctor. So they dismissed me. And I kind of felt, yeah, I felt deflated for the first time in two years. It's the very first doctor I've met that mm. that was dismissive and, and said, you know, the guidelines of the CDC. Um, so they won't uh, some I'd, a lot of them don't believe it. And my my consultant gets a lot of stick from his colleagues Um and fights with them and everything and over, you know, treating us because they won't believe that it exists. Well, like, you know, they're just, they're just by the book doctors and they're not there. Well, 
you know, they're they're following guidelines. They're not practicing medicine, are they? They're just following guidelines of the of the CDC, which is yeah, fifty years old. But but then, like you know, like let's be clear, right? They're saying that um, they're saying two things, right? They're they're saying one thing, which is what you're saying. They're saying that they don't think that long term Lyme disease exists. Now, if if yeah. if because it hasn't been went through all the right channels and that it's it's hasn't been discovered that 100 the whole medical medical community globally can say we were wrong this does this does exist right so that hasn't happened yet as bad not as that is let's put that to a side for a minute not yeah. only are they saying that they're also yeah. saying that you're fucking lying yeah but, so so now let's ask the next question and this is really pissing me off so they're saying that you're lying yeah you're making it up yeah if you're making it up if you're convinced that you're not making it up, then it's all in your head, right? If it's yeah, all in yeah. your head and it's not really happening, then you're fucking crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. So now not only have you got long-term chronic Lyme disease, you have yeah. peers and people that's put in place to help you add in to a mental health issue as well. Yeah. So they're doubling yeah. up the problem that you already have, right? Now, even if it turns out, and anyone with Lyme disease, don't kill me here, but even if it turns out that... In three years' time, I'm throwing a number out there that I come up with a different name for them, right? Okay, it's called it's called XYZ02, for example, and this is the treatment for it. So they probably will never call it chronic Lyme disease now because people can sue them. So they might call it something else. Okay, let's say to go and do that, like yeah, because and that's three thousand people in Ireland. Like Ireland only have five million yeah. people in there. So now let's go to Ireland and the UK. We're talking about sixty-five million people. I wonder how many people then. Globally, how many people have it? I was looking on forums yesterday after I spoke to you, and people were actually rude to each other. Oh, here's one of them Lyme diseases again, right? Now, I have no doubt whatsoever. I suffered from mental health for 10 years. I know for a fact of people who don't have mental health who say they have it, and there's celebrities at it as well for publicity. Of course, there's people who don't have Lyme disease saying they have it because you're in a minority. That's grand. That's okay. You can't lump them in with the 99.9% of people who are genuine. Like, you don't want to not be back in the classroom in school. You don't want to be not getting a wage or not being able to go with your friends or not be able to do yoga or do whatever the fuck Cara Hurley wants to do. And yeah. the last thing you want to do is what you're at now. That's a fact. So it's just very frustrating to me um, that, number one, there's no help for you here, really. There is help, but it's not real help because you're not getting better. You're barely even maintaining what's happening. So that's not help. That's bollocks. And then the second thing is, like you're like myself, you're an Athlone talent person. You're a proud Athlonian. You want to be, we all want to put the, the best face forward and the best this. So not only are you going through the shit you're going through, then also you're being told that you haven't got it and that you're probably mentally unstable and it's all in your mind that you, you didn't know what was wrong with you. And then you've heard Lyme disease one day, now you think you have it like a hypochondriac. You have all that to deal with. Then you find out that the only place you can get better is over in Germany. Then, like Merlin the wizard, you have to shit 20,000 fucking euros, which is impossible to do, and everyone on the planet knows that. So with all of that going on at the one time, then you have to do the thing and say, I need help. Now you have to tell everyone your story. So now it's not a privacy thing. Not saying that was private anyways. You have to tell everyone your story, your intimate details. Your... It's just so fucking hard 
So when people say that people with Lyme disease are, oh, you're tired and you're weak and you're a hypochondriac, I'm calling bullshit on it. They're obviously one of the strongest groups of people in the world because they're still fucking here. All the shit that they go through to get what they want. So A lot of them aren't here, unfortunately. Well, you've took the words out of my mouth. Out of my mouth. I remember going to a doctor's for... The deaths, you know, and she, she, a girl in England, and she, um, she said, I lost, I, I just stopped counting after 264 suicides because I couldn't, because these people are dismissed and they're left to rot. And don't get me started on other European countries. I mean, I'm lucky that I have a doctor here in Ireland that has the balls to treat it. But, um, I talk to people in Greece that are just waiting for the inevitable. And if they don't kill themselves, they're, you know, because I had to join the Greek group to see, you know, because that's where I initially got it. Um, but yeah, they just it's it's so, so sad because. Yeah, yeah like you said, you're, you're called a hypochondriac or whatever. And um, oh, I was on it for about six hours yesterday. I seen I went through it all reading this, reading that, reading this, reading forums, reading all that. I put into Google Lyme disease is fake. I found every single thing telling me it was fake. Then I put in Lyme disease is not fake. I found every single thing telling me it wasn't fake. If you put into Google that one man had 17 penises, you'd find it somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, 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 people have to see where to find an article, what's going on. And just and the, the, the one big disadvantage that people with Lyme disease have, uh, particularly chronic Lyme disease long term, is that Yes, the medical community haven't said that it's something yet. Okay, listen, like I'm, I'm, like things move fast in the world. They, they, they don't move for a long time, then they pick up speed and they fly. So when I had depression, the very first time I went in and I told a doctor, he wouldn't even look at me. He was about two years older than me. He wouldn't even look at me and prescribe me tablets on the spot straight away. Now, if I was going to kill myself, that would have been one of the days I would have done it. I wanted to talk to someone. I wasn't offered any help. It was a fucking disgrace. But I agree with you, by the way, what you said. You said that your GP is very good. I've since met GPs who are fantastic. We're, we're lucky in Ireland. We have some really, really clever GPs. And sometimes they can't do what they want to do because they're restricted. It's not because they don't know how to do it. It's not because they haven't the brains to do it. They have in spades. They're clever men and women. It's just that they haven't got the bits and bobs that they need to do it. So look, uh, I my stance on it is that I'm called bullshit on it. There's nobody in the world that's going to go around exhausted all the time and be happy to do it and be hypochondriac and pretend that they've Lyme disease. I never heard such harsh shit in my life, ever. And I can guarantee you, if I, if I took every other country in the world out, which I know there's a lot of people listening from around the world this podcast, in Ireland, I know Irish people. You won't get 3,000 Ireland people sitting around doing nothing if they don't have to, if, 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 if they're too exhausted to do anything else it just wouldn't happen it wouldn't happen you always want to be out doing stuff and socializing and enjoying themselves and going here and going there and so i'm calling bullshit on it so why uh, what's the medication that you're getting in germany that you can't go that you can't get in ireland and and what when you go over on the 22nd what way does that look for you how long will you be there for what's the chances of you getting better short term and hopefully long term what way does your trip to germany look and and why can you only get what you need in germany uh, because it's a private facility and um, we don't have we don't have any facilities with hyperthermia here in hyperthermia is where they put you into this chamber in an ICU and they monitor your you know your 
vitals and um, they heat you up to 42 degrees. So that's like a fever. Your body's oh, fuck. they're inducing a fever in your body. So your body like it's a it's a cancer hospital. It'll be mainly stage four cancer patients that go here. And it's so your body just in the fever state just goes fight, fight, fight. And then it kills off the bacteria. Um, and then you swell up like for a day or two is what I, I, my friends who have come back and said. And then they they do intravenous. This is where it's different. It's you can't get intravenous drugs here in Ireland anymore. You have to be dying. You have to have um, a diagnosis, I think. And I think the maximum you can get them for is two months. But anyway, that's a separate issue. But um, so after you, you get your hyperthermia, they do intravenous antibiotics and we we can only get the oral ones here off our guy. So. Uh, the intravenous antibiotics reach your tissues 16 times higher than they would if you took the oral antibiotics, supposedly. And then. Uh, so you've, you're just killing off the bacteria. So I think the treatment is going to work out at like uh, eight to ten hour days from what I'm told. You start in the morning and it goes on all day. Uh, how, how many days? So the. Uh, my program is 19 minimum. So 19 I got, days. Yeah. Of eight to 10 like, hour days in 42 yeah. degree fucking heat. Excuse me? 18, 19 days for eight or nine hours each day in 42 degree. No, 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 no. no. The hyperthermia only lasts four hours okay. and I only once a week. In between that, I get, yeah. pardon me, I get um, hyperbaric oxygen. Because oxygen, the, the bacteria in the blood cells hates oxygen. That kills it. Then you get ozone therapy where they inject ozone. I'm not too familiar with that, but they inject that into your blood. Uh, I think it's a way of cleaning your blood. And, and then they do um, a lot of detoxing. So they have glutathione, uh, which helps your liver to detox all that. Because your liver, my liver is constantly under a huge amount of pressure trying to detox all this bad, toxic waste out of me um so the so the intravenous glutathione helps with that and that's after you swell up and then you get uh, intravenous vitamin c and some then the third week i think is they're gonna do immunomodulation so they're gonna build my immune system somehow and um i can't really remember oh yeah i have to get dental work done as well he told me to price that because i have to get all the mercury all the mercury fillings removed because apparently that's bad for all the Lyme disease. I wasn't, you know, I was kind of like, Jesus, I didn't really think mercury would have that much effect on your body, but it does. It's very toxic. And yeah. uh, so the doctor gave me his dentist's number and I'm going to try and get that done here because it was quoted. It's 900 a tooth up and down drum and the only holistic dentist Christ. in Ireland that'll, that'll do that. So, um, well, so properly question for you why if um if the medical community doesn't believe that long-term Lyme disease exists why is there a facility in Germany that has uh, a program that hopefully cures it oh well I mean treats it I don't know about cures like I mean they put us 
I've, the statistics is six, 60 to 70% chance that I'll be in remission. Um, why is there nothing in Ireland? Because they don't, it's, they don't, they, it hasn't, they don't believe it exists here. Like, the, why the, is there one in Germany? Like, you know, it's, it's the, 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 my question isn't why isn't there one in Ireland? If, if in Ireland they don't believe it exists, I understand why there isn't one. But if the medical community globally doesn't believe it exists, why is there one in Germany? They must know that how to treat it and they must know that it exists if they have a facility to fucking try to cure it. Like, But all of these facilities, Mexico, Germany, Istanbul, Malaysia, yeah. I know where all of the hyperthermia ones, they're all private. They're all paid for by Lyme disease patients out of pocket. There's no <sighs> government. There's oh. no government that will that will fund any of the treatments. So it's like um same as people with you know cancer that want all this uh, other um spoke to Lindsay Bennett when she was over in Mexico. Yeah. From her treatment place in Mexico. That was chatting to her while she was there. So oh, I yeah. know, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So you you mentioned something earlier on and you said that um some of the people um that you know who are friends with yours who have long-term Lyme disease have been over in this place and have come back has and you were saying then also that there was a 60 to 70 percent success rate um do you know of anyone who has been fully cured as in like they're back fine now as in their old self i suppose it's the best way yeah to yeah i do yeah i know that must make I, you I, feel positive it does yeah i know a handful of people um not just that I had to go to Germany that were got back uh, my own doctor in Dublin um got better and they're back to work now even a guy here in in the army who I'm friends with he he got it and he was very lucky to get treated for the nine months and he he got better okay um yeah I just my immune system was just wrecked from COVID from getting COVID last year yeah. so that's where I went downhill. I, I, I would have been better. I would have been back in work by now. I was one of the, I was one of the Dr. Lam, my, my Dr. Lambert's like the, my specialist. He, um, I was one of his 70% patients that treatment works for. And, um, I was, he gave me the estimate four to six months when I started treatment with him in that September and it's now 16 months later and I'm still on treatment. Yeah. So. Look, hopefully um, when you go to Germany in a couple of days and do what you have to do over there and then hopefully when you come back very shortly, things go back to normal, you start getting your energy back, start being able to go for long walks, maybe in nine months time you'll be going for a jog maybe back at work out causing trouble uptown maybe um be oh. nice um look Cara has a GoFundMe page um it's to help with the trip over to Germany um she wants to just say thank you there she asked me for an opportunity before we go to say thank you to the people who has donated so I'll give her that opportunity now do you want to say thanks Cara to people that helped you yeah, I'm absolutely blown away by the support I've got so far. I, I didn't think, I thought my friends were going, you better put that up. You're going to be going to, like in three or four weeks, you know, you need to do. And I was like, okay, I'll put it up. And I, within 
24 hours I had half of it so I'm just I I, I really you know I'm I'm so thankful and I'm I don't know you I'm I'm mortified as well and I'm like overwhelmed about it all and I just I uh, I I really wanted to raise awareness about the amount of people here in Ireland that suffer from it and um yeah. for people to know how how it destroys your life and um to hopefully get treatment in in the future for it so thanks a million everyone it was just off um like it it was a uh, people are so kind you know um people are it's if if you see somebody like there's so many people in the world that we see all the time that we can't help and i, I i've said this you know a couple of times in the podcast if there's someone you can help why not help them you know um like five or ten euros won't make a huge difference to anyone and nor would it make a huge difference to your GoFundMe. But if 7,000 people did it, then it covers your, like, it's not as if you're getting a, you're going with Elon Musk up to space, like, you know what I mean? Like, like you're getting treat, treatment for an ailment that you have. Um, look, I'm going to leave the link to the GoFundMe. So if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other um, platforms that this podcast is on, just go down to the link and have a click. Um, if you're listening on YouTube, um, if you're watching on YouTube, it's obviously there as well. Um, I just start by like, just end by saying like, um, I don't think you should be mortified, but I understand why you are because nobody likes to ask for help. Um, you know, it's like I don't don't want anyone to know my business, and if they do know my business, let them know. But I certainly don't want them know that I don't want them to know that I don't have twenty or thirty grand spare. Nobody has twenty or thirty grand spare in the fucking world. It's like. You, you've, you've went through pain for so long you've been misdiagnosed loads of things went on you've been uh in pain in agony you've been mentally struggling with it um with, with the pain and the agony and then being told there's nothing wrong with you then having to go and find stuff yourself and find out information and joining groups and then finding out where you can go to get help and then the whole thing then didn't occur is to put your story up and tell people this is why I'm going and this is what I'm doing. So I don't think you should be mortified. I think you should be very proud of yourself. And I genuinely mean that. And Cara didn't ask me to come on to tell the story. I fucking rang her. Um because I thought it was important because first of all, I, I wanted to bring her on um to talk about the GoFundMe, and she didn't even want to mention the GoFundMe. She wanted to talk about awareness about Lyme disease. And I thought, but sure, I know about Lyme disease. And then we had a conversation for five minutes and I realized I knew fuck all. And what I didn't know was wrong. Um, so I assume there's a lot of people in the same situation as I'm in. So I would ask you to donate to the GoFundMe and help Cara get over. And like, I would love to talk to you this time next year and be back to your old self and be flying fit and be okay. Um, that'd be the goal. But look, I wish you all the best. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Mark. Good to chat to you. Bye-bye.